right. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Across the Aisle. Uh, I am former state senator Bobby Zirkin. I am honored, privileged, just it's great to have you here. This is Christine McComas, the mother of Grace McComas, who is pictured right here. We're going to talk about why this is as important of an issue as we're going to be dealing with, which is Grace's Law and Cyberbullying. Before I do, I just want to tell you kind of Across the Aisle is about you know, talking about important issues um, without regard to partisanship, without regard to party politics and the kind of nonsense we're seeing all over the political spectrum right now. And I can't think of a more important issue that I've dealt with in all my time in politics than this one. So, Christine, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And honestly, I, I can't think of anything more important either, um, but especially just in every way in our culture, we just need to reach across and find common ground. And I appreciate the good that you're doing by trying to do that. Well, thank you. Well, we're going to talk about why you are here. Uh, and just as a precursor for those who don't know what Grace's Law is, it is uh, still, I believe, the strongest uh, anti-cyberbullying law in the nation. Um, it was We'll talk about the history of it. We're going to talk about how we got to where we are, what we need to do going forward, all the things that you're involved with, you and your incredible family are involved in. So let me just, uh, again, say it's an honor to have you here. Tell can you, I know the story, but for those who don't, how, how did we get here? How did we get to Grace's Law? Wow. Um, Grace uh, is the third of our four daughters, and uh, she was literally born a happy child. You know, she was a bright light from birth and it only continued as she grew. She was a joy to be around. She was funny as all get out, made us laugh every day. Um, and, you know, she became a very active uh, teen playing sports, um, active in clubs and in choir and at our church and, and um, was a real communicative teen. You know, we talked every day. Um, and so that's what made it, what happened to her. She died by suicide in, on Easter Sunday, 2012. And <clears throat> what happened to her was an incredible injustice uh, that we knew was happening because she was communicating with us every day. We fought for her and we couldn't save her. And what started out um, from a drug-assisted sexual assault um, by an older brother of her good friend in the neighborhood um, when she was 14, was then followed by really extreme, malicious, dehumanizing, alarming, threatening cyberbullying, uh, which I call cyber abuse um, because I do believe it is the abuse of children. It's child abuse. Um, so there and, were, so what, what, oh, go ahead, continue with the story. Well, I, we knew what was happening and, um, this was over Twitter, and back then, um, Twitter was new. I didn't even know what it was. Adults weren't out there yet, by and large. It was, um, you know, the young people that were out there. And she didn't have a smartphone, and she didn't have Twitter, but she didn't need to, to uh, hear what was being said or to find out what was going, you know, what was going around. And for me, and for probably you at the time, um, Social media was so new at the time that there was no understanding of the instantaneous um, transmission, you know, the speed of electronic media of hatred and of threats and how that can, you know, go far and wide. 
uh, to eventually include, you know, a good part of their peer group, and um, it never goes away. So normally under traditional bullying, and, and I hate to even call it bullying because you think of that as a schoolyard thing in, right. in elementary school, and this this is high school, and, you know, you could normally go home to your um, house and feel safe and feel like you can close out it's your sanctuary you can close out the rest of the world that's not so with social media um social media is is just um you know it's repetitive it's out there it doesn't go away and um we saw her start we tried to help her every way we knew how um i had gone out and how did you before we get there how did you first get alerted to what was going on? How did, how did Grace first alert you? you know, what, and what did, um, how did she kind of we say I, it? I still remember exactly. Um, we were in the minivan. We had gotten her, um, we knew what, you know, the struggle she was having, but we didn't know about the cyberbullying until a couple months later. And we had gotten her help um, with a, a psychologist or therapist. And we were in the minivan and she picked up a text uh, and I saw her start to shake and start to cry. And um, that was when, you know, when we got home, she showed me some of the things that were out there that were being said that I was actually just dumbfounded at the nature of them. I had never heard at that point anyone speak to anyone else like that. And I still think it's pretty, I mean, you've got it in front of you there. I think well, they're pretty they crazy. They can't see it. So what, what were some of the things that- You that... read it. You might not be. I don't know if how raw you can be on your show, but I can be raw. Go ahead. Um, we got pretty raw during that during Grace's law hearing, which we were going to talk about yep. too. But yep. so let's see here. So she was getting these were all tweets. Everything mm-hmm. was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I hate, 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 hate you. Next time my name, next time my name rolls off your tongue, choke on it, and you should die. All caps. I hope you somehow see this and cry yourself to sleep and kill yourself. Might as well. You're just a worthless piece of shit. Kind of reminds me when one of my followers printed out a tweet of mine like, who the fuck goes for that far people should die. Snitches, I will kill you. No one fucking likes you. It's just sad and I feel bad for you. Snitches need to get their fingers cut off one by one as they watch their families burn. Well, damn, I just got out of trouble. I know how much, I know how you feel. How stupid is it that one person can fuck so much up? Hashtag cunts. I've come across decomposed bodies that are less offensive than you are. And so this was, these were the tweets by one individual. Yes. And he was sending these things around to her classmates, to the school. You know, I don't don't know know at that point. Um, I do know that, it. uh, you know, when I was paying more attention later, uh, he had hundreds of. um, And they were commenting on it and so forth. I I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't on there. And honestly, back then, it's hard to think back that far when we really didn't. I didn't know. I mean, we were on dial up, you know. Right. So even just to. To find it and to screen grab it was was a new deal for me. Um, but it doesn't go away. And and then you get people who are um, you know there's a certain drama around things that happened in happen in you know middle school and high school. Um, and even people who meant well, um, wanting her to know that he was. I mean that's what she the message she got when we were in the minivan was that um, he's talking about you again. 
And here's what he said. Um, putting it out to the wide world. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I remember all this story. Um, in all my years, I'll just say, in 21 years of being in the General Assembly, and I served on Judiciary and JPR for all but a few of them. So we heard every day the worst of the worst. I mean, murder and rape and all manner of sexual assault and drunk driving accidents resulting in deaths and domestic violence. And all. I don't recall ever being, I've told you this a, a lot, I don't recall ever being moved as much as I was during this hearing. Um, so, so take a step back because it wasn't my legislation the first go round. You decided to to take action before you got to the General Assembly. Before you and we, your husband tried to do a lot. Before we go that far, yep. Let me just say that I remember you, and I remember Jamie Raskin, two people that stood out to me that really I could just tell during testimony got it and were moved to the point to the point that I knew I had you in my corner to try to get this done. So, um, you know, when Grace died, we were, you know, I, I had, we had, I had taken those screenshots, right? And I went to the school with them and I so went- Before she died? Yes, yes, before she died. Went to the school with them, went to the police with them, went to the court system um, who, you know, she had been subpoenaed as a witness against him for something. And I asked that when I became aware of these, I sent them to everybody I could think of at the school. At, you know, the police said, there's nothing we can do unless they try to hurt her. The, you know, Which is bullshit, by the way. Like, there's witness intimidation laws. Think? There's all kinds of wouldn't things that they think? could have done. Um, we were frightened by the end. I I'm mean, sure we you were, were. Um, you know, there were, it was a terrible year. Um, but the court said they could make it stop and that they would present it during his case. And then I, they did not. Um, and he was tried for other issues. Mm -hmm. And that was, Supposed to be part of like whatever. Yeah. Well, and and they didn't they didn't present the tweets during his portion of the case, and I got them to the judge, and the judge you could tell his face turned to stone, and he said to the the um, state's attorney, "Why didn't I see these earlier today?" Right. And at that point. Um, there wasn't a good answer. It was like, I wasn't sure what they were. And, and she turned around and she looked at me and she said, let me know if it doesn't stop. So months went by and it, there were still things happening. I don't, I don't right. know how constant it was. I know it felt constant to her um, because there was also discussion going on right. that she would hear about and stuff. Um, so I went out again and collected more, and wrote to the court. The and court or the state's attorney? The state's attorney. State's attorney. State's attorney had gone out on leave. I didn't know who to write to, so I wrote to um, the master and chancery, the judge. And I, the, the name of the letter was literally, please help. And I explained more of our story. And I said, you know, 
I don't know where to turn. We need help. And I sent it to the schools and to the police and to the courts. And I took it down to the Department of Juvenile Services. And um, and you got nothing? Nothing. The school did nothing? The school finally, you know, the only person, ironically, at the school who knew about everything from the get-go, I mean, immediately from the get-go, um, the school resource officer, when he actually saw the tweets, um, he was alarmed and he wanted it looked at as harassment or whatever, right. and it, he was turned down. Um, and he, it still blows my mind, and you know, in retrospect, you would do whatever you could to save your kid. Um, but he said, you ought to think about moving out of the county, if, if out of the neighborhood, if not out of the county. And I was like blown away that's, yeah. anyway. How so anyway, even, we you know? started when she, when she died, or when she was lying, in Johns Hopkins, brain dead. We're standing over her body, and I am beside myself with a feeling of injustice, and something has to change because I couldn't make people understand what was happening. Nobody came through. Um, I just started talking about it. I knew I was going to have to start talking about it. I started a Facebook page. I'd never been on Facebook the day of her funeral, and I wasn't sure what that Facebook page would do. It was really supposed to be for people to remember her and stuff. But then I started, you know, sharing her story some. And um, Susan Reimer from the Baltimore Sun, I happened to just know her slightly from the work I do as a horticulturist um, for the University of Maryland. And um, she and I had talked about things just before Grace died, just at a very high level. But after she died, um, you know, I, I talked to her and I said, look, there was bullying involved with this. And she came up, she she wrote a couple of stories that were massively helpful. Um, and then, you know, Ray Rice from The Ravens, who was about as big as a star you could have in Baltimore at that time, he and his um, promo person, Deb Poquette, um, they reached out to you? Well, you know, the weird thing is, is I did not know Deb, but it's a small, small world, and the doors that opened and miraculous things that all came together included things like my husband was coaching our younger daughter's team at the time, and Deb Poquette's daughter was on that team. So I didn't even know she was in our community. And then um, so things happened there with they had rallies, and, um, you know, I was able to I felt compelled to talk for years to to try to explain what had happened and what trying to figure out what we needed to change to make sure it didn't happen again because this was not a child at risk. Right. Uh so so you moved into the political phase of this which I don't that doesn't sound like the right term but for lack of a better the legislative term you moved from tragedy to to try to do something about it for for the for the next and the next and the next and so so Grace died in 2012. It's the craziest thing. She died <clears throat> April 8th, 2012. And less than a year later, um 4 days before the 1 year mark, um Grace's law the first one. The first one, 2013 passed. And because, and, and that in part was because the the document you just read out loud um, when I had spoken, there was a county um, 
when when our county executive Ken Ullman heard what happened, he called a, a you know an anti-bullying thing, and Ray Rice was there, and um, I shared a document. It was just a document saying actually what a great kid she was, and what had happened was so crazy. I didn't understand why I couldn't protect her, and I included some of those. And I handed it out to a few people, and it got back to um, Alan Kittleman. No, he he came in a little later. It actually it was um, I think my husband's cousin, uh, who was a lawyer, shared it with. Um, I think that's when uh, John Carden uh, became involved, and he worked with it was Myers Myerson, a law um, professor at okay. University of Maryland, who wrote the first. Uh, you know, I think it was changed a little bit, quite a bit afterwards, yeah. but it just, I can only say to me, it was just kind of a whole miraculous thing where we were so broken that we couldn't focus on anything except for occasionally when the door would open and, and here's an opportunity, you better take it because here it is, you know, uh, and it turned into, that was Katie O'Malley was doing some anti-bullying work that right. I found out about, and I reached out to her, and she invited us to Annapolis, and we so ended Martin up, was the, her husband, Martin Yeah, he was, was the, the governor, governor at, the at the time, sure. So and, Martin was the governor during the first Grace's Law? Yes, he signed okay. he signed the first Grace's Law. And um, we ended up talking about everything and staying for dinner. Our daughter Gloria was with us, and, and um, she was just wonderful. Uh, you're talking about Katie. Yes, I'm yeah. just. Um, just as a aside, my my daughter, my first one, who you've met, Sophie, mm -hmm. was uh, almost born on on his dining room table. Oh my goodness! Tina 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 was in uh, was in labor at the time, or was was oh very pregnant goodness. at the time, and almost went into labor while we were having dinner there. Wow! And, and the only thing I remember about it is that Gary Hart was across the uh, was across the table. No way! And he's like, "Are you about to have a baby on this table?" Anyway, sorry that for is, the aside. That is quite the story. Sorry for the aside. That's all I know about Gary. I mean, I know yeah. other things yeah. from, from history, but but I remember him asking if we, he was about to help me deliver long, a baby on a table. But anyway, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. So so 2012, she passed, and then 20. I remember 2013 was when the first Grace's Law went into went into effect, and that was Delegate Cardin, John That's Cardin right. from mm -hmm. this area, from Baltimore County, mm -hmm. and Senator Kittleman. Yes. From Howard County. Yes, we we approached him after um, you know it was doing well on one we'll side. We'll be here right after you, by the way. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, coincidentally. No kidding. He's a but, good guy. So, so the so the first law was passed. I know. Uh, did you? How do? What, if you could take me through it, which is interesting, by the way, because this thing is called across the aisle, and mm -hmm. John Cardin is a Democrat from Baltimore, and Alan Kittleman, a Republican from Howard County. That's how you do things. They they came yep. together worked with you and the family. Yep. Um, Brian Frosch was the chair of the, at, of JPR at the time, I believe. It wasn't me. So. Um, you know, I guess that's true. It must have been Brian. It's so long ago. Yeah. That that's it was Brian and Joe Valerio mm -hmm. um, from the house. And so what was that experience the first time around? What was that experience like? Well, like I said, um, we were... I was, I'll speak for myself, I I know we all were, but we were so broken and so, it's so difficult to handle 
what happened. And so many things, that's the other thing, so many things went wrong, you know. I didn't know where to put my focus. But this seemed to be something positive that was moving in the direction that we could get something good done. Um, two of my daughters, one was um, in nursing school at the time at Stevenson University, um, and the other one was at Salisbury. And um, they both, well, we all went down, but my husband testified, I testified, uh, the two older girls testified, uh, and, um, you know, it was people, people heard us, and I think they were appalled when they really um, learned the whole, what had happened, and I think the most powerful thing that happened is that people could see that, you know, that if it could happen to us, if it could happen to Grace, it could happen to anybody. Right. Uh, and that was what is, it should happen to no one. And so, I mean, I was as as upset about the incivility um, of what I saw and how I, I still have that problem with social media. Um, and unfortunately, the things that I found so, I mean, the incivility and the hate speech, I thought was like a one-off. But now we see so much more of it. Oh, it's And it's day. at the highest levels of government. That's right. Um, and a really lousy um, way to communicate and to um, be a, what I think is a horrible example to our children as they're learning to, how to, you know, go through life. I, yep. I just think it's a it's a sad thing uh, that we're going to talk about cultural that. shift right. over time is what needs to happen. And I know you are now doing things even way beyond Maryland trying to trying to influence legislation in Congress. Good luck. Uh, getting mm -hmm. anything done in that place, but we're gonna get there. I wanna, I wanna stay on kind of okay. like chrono chronologically this story. Okay. You came before. That's when you and I first met. I was Jamie Raskin and I were both on the Judi Judicial Proceedings mm -hmm. Committee at the time. But this was a Kittleman bill. I mean, I, I, my recollection is that we passed this unanimously. But I also remember a little bit, not a lot, but I remember there was opposition from folks like the ACLU and others. It wasn't even that. Um, th take it back far enough that what really struck me, and I was just dumbfounded, was, and, and I'm not going to name a name, and I don't want you to name a name. Can't promise, but go ahead. I know, <laughs> I, I, I know you know who this is, but one of the senators just threw up his hands and said, it's the internet, just turn it off. I don't rem I remember. I remember just such um so indicative of the misunderstanding of what where where our um you know our online presence was going. I mean, right. it's not something you can just turn off. Yeah, obviously, of back then, you know, maybe that sounded reasonable to some people, but today you just can't. It's 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 with us. It's here to stay. We need to understand it better. We need to perhaps regulate it better. Um. And to to make changes going forward. So I, I don't remember. I remember that comment. I just don't remember who did it. So you, you lucked mm -hmm. out. I'm not going to be able to say. Right. We'll talk afterwards. You'll tell me. But Great. you know, it's it's interesting because you know I was first elected, and there really there was no social media. I mean, it sounds like I'm so old, but like it wasn't that long ago. And you know, you'd get letters from people. You'd get physical letters and phone calls, and that's how you kind of gauged mm -hmm. what people were thinking, although it, it was hard mm -hmm. to do that because they'd have these form things that they'd send in. Social media hadn't really taken hold. Um, it's hard to remember, isn't it? 
it's very hard to remember. Which and, we and are getting old, by the way. I just want to make sure that you understand that, that you can't true. say that forever. <laughs> <laughs> but the that's not true. But the uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the you know, social media started taking hold not just in society but in politics too. Mm -hmm. And you know, the person who ever said that. I'm certain had no idea what they were talking about. Probably had never been no, on and, social and media you know what? before. And you and I like... both know that there are people down there that have been down there for years and years and years and years. Yeah, they become trees who with roots. probably don't even use a computer or, and I see this in on Capitol Hill as well. Um, you know, they don't really know what's going on because they're not involved as much as. Yeah. Although now. If you ask Will, if you ask you ask some of the people that are there right now on their committee, there was bills last year, and Will was talking about it on our thing about how people were being tweeted at or texted during voting sessions, and because they're now live streamed, which is the dumbest idea they've ever come up with, because then you can't be honest. I about, heard I heard you say that before, and yeah. Will says that too. They all every everybody who's there says that. Um, because you can't have honest conversations. There's something else about that process that I do want to talk to you about, maybe offline yeah. later that concerns me that I learned last year. So they're texting and tweeting in and telling people how to vote and people are listening to that instead of being turning it I mean it, anyway, that's a longer yeah. that's a longer yeah. conversation. Let's get back to Grace's yeah. law which is significantly more important. <clears throat> so you come down, you have Delegate Cardin, Alan Kittleman, Senator Kittleman, uh Ray Rice, your family which was the most important part and you end up passing a bill over some opposition, but it got watered down a little bit. Um, how did you feel? Did you feel like you had just gotten the foot in the door, or how, how was that? At process the time, for you? I was just thrilled that we were able to get a message out um, that was loud enough um, that people understood there was a problem. Okay, not a, it's lawyer. a huge accomplishment. I'm not a lawyer. Um, you know, I do remember, um, I think Mike Meyerson, I think he was, uh, the, the original, um, author of the bill from, from the law school. Um, he kept saying to me as we were taking pictures afterwards, you don't understand this is so, this is so rare. This is so unusual to, you know, have something happen, put it out there and have, you know, all the pieces come together in, in it less than a year. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't appreciate that at the time because I was just, um, you know, I just, my mind was just clouded with so much grief. And, um, you know, I look back now and see that that was pretty unusual. Um, and, you know, sometimes people say, you know, when a quick law is made like that, it's not a good law. It was the beginning, it was the beginning. of what was needed. Definitely. And you came in uh, much to, I will be grateful to you forever for um, coming back around and working so hard. You know, we went two two years trying to get Grace's Law 2.0 made that caught up with other digital dangers that we couldn't even conceive of That's right. Just years, years before. before that. So sextortion, um, which a lot of adults still don't know what that is. But, um, you know, I am very familiar and friends with and work on cap have worked on something on Capitol Hill with moms who have lost children to sextortion, which is, um, you know, where predators online often pretending to be someone else, um, kind of groom. I hate to use the word groom now because it's been misused elsewhere, but, um, you know, 
somebody thinks they're talking to a young person their same age and you know they're they're being nice to them and they're right. paying them attention and they're they trust them after a period of time and then they ask for you know videos or a, a, nudes or yeah, whatever yeah something something that um you know the kids just don't realize never goes away yep. and then after that happens immediately they're starting to say um send me more or i'm going to share this with every person you know including your rabbi or pastor and your school and your principal and your parents and all of that and you know we're hearing now um of kids that they don't know where to go they don't know what to do their families are being threatened or they were on let's say I, there was a woman that i've worked with very recently who you know she she didn't want her kid on social media and the kid knew that but that's where the kids are now right of course um and so you know there's a lot of good things about social media you know um you know there's a lot of fun things about it um it's useful in a lot of ways um but when it's misused it can be deadly and and you know so her child was not supposed to be out there but they made an instagram account and they were out there and the person was threatening her whole family and she was afraid to tell her parents um luckily um this child was saved um this somebody was extorting her for sex yes. online well not only that they they got her to give them her um passwords and stuff to get into her account wow. and that's being used now to lure other children in and then those pictures and things are also you know across the internet with um i just shared something on Grace's memorial page yesterday about this, about, you know, this dark web where, you know, there are lots of sharing of intimate images of children. Right. You know, it's child porn. Right. Um, but then they're also extorting other people. And the FBI, I think, got involved with this one woman. And um, they could say to that these IP addresses are from overseas. Right. Um, something similar like this happened to, uh, Amanda Todd was one of the first people I heard from Canada. Um, she died about a year after Grace, her mother, Carol, just got extradition from, they were able to figure out it was a guy from the Netherlands and he was doing this to multiple children. Um, it is such a big issue. Um, we're going to talk about that because yeah, I, I no, know that that's part on. of what I know, you, I know that, you know, I guess before we leave that, mm -hmm. that yeah. interlude, there's so much more to do. I mean, oh, yeah. we, like I said at the introduction, I think we passed the strongest law in, the, in our country, which we're going, to, we're going to get into now. But it wasn't enough, and it's not enough. It, it will, it will. Things continue to morph and change, and we will need to continue to, especially if they can't get their act together at the federal level, which they can't. I'll have to tell you, I was there for three days last week. We met with fourteen senators. And um, the Kids Online Safety Act, COSA, um, this is our second year trying, and there are now almost 40 co-sponsors. Um, we'll see we'll what see. happens. I will, anyway. But I'm more hopeful now I'm than I've ever been. But go on. anything coming out yeah, of Washington, D.C. You would think. Uh, I'll have to tell you, some of the offices we met with, I thought that we would just go down in flames, but there is bipartisan understanding of the need for protections and some guardrails for kids so grace's law one i guess for lack of a better term was 
really was an incredible accomplishment for your family. Like it just within a year, less than a year, having a having legislation of that magnitude pass is very, very rare. So there's obviously was an understanding. I recall it being very moving testimony, but but roadblocks there. And so the the legislation that got passed, effective as a message for sure, not as usable in court is what you and I kind of we stayed in touch and what you know wasn't being used nearly enough, wasn't being prosecuted. It was a little bit a little bit too loosey goosey and too close to the already existing harassment statute, which may have been the ACLU's aim was just basically to pass nothing and and get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. We did not let them get out of dodge, though, if I recall. Do you remember? What are your What are your recollections about all that? On, I have a on lot. one we were working on. No, you go. Ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I will, you go first. I will say. I mean, to me, because <clears throat> I I hadn't planned in my mind to to go i mean this is a criminal statute it's really unusual yep um to hold people accountable for the way they're behaving online which like is a huge you know we have to be sense everybody needs to be sensitive to free speech issues but there are limits to free speech when it damages children um but i you know i wanted it to act as a deterrent as well i wanted parents to have to pay attention um, I wanted their kids to learn that you can't just act and say anything you want um, repeatedly and widely um, to act as a deterrent to the behavior. And I don't know, I, can, I have not been able to get statistics to understand how often it's being used, but I know that what you brought into it, understanding the legal side, um, you know, so that kids could get like, and I still, I hope they're able to get it to stop. That's the whole point. That's what needs. Once it's, once it's yeah. where Grace was, right. it's too late. Right. I there mean, needs, there needs to be some, but you know what? You can get a law done. I'm sorry that I didn't start a foundation early on because you can get a law done. It doesn't seem to be anybody's responsibility to make sure that people know about the law for years. Um, you know, I'd say to people, Grace's law should kick in for this and, you know, go to your school or go to the police, explain. And I'd still get people coming back. They said it's just free speech. Um, And so that needs to, there needs to be a way to get the message out quicker and better and overall. But go on, you tell me. No, no, I just, no, I I remember, you know, this has been a couple of years now, but, uh, you know, my, we, you and I put in two pieces of legislation. Um, One of them went to, Education, education health mm-hmm. and one of them went to jpr um where i guess i was the chair at the time yes you were that's my record yeah Felt so good and, and just for, for those who don't know what this is like i think we've talked a little bit around it but the idea of well what do you do about this right and so the idea is listen at the end of the day you know regardless of what the aclu says you should not be allowed to go online in my opinion and now our law's opinion and say to some child that you should go kill yourself and you shouldn't right. be allowed to intend to do harm that's, that's called suicide baiting that's suicide yeah. baiting You're, yeah. and you shouldn't be allowed to post pornographic pictures of a kid mm-hmm. online and you shouldn't be allowed to say the types of things you see on this piece of paper and so if you intend to do that harm and you do that harm you should be punished for it that's the deterrent mm-hmm. the aclu is always argued like 
you know, oh, you, basically anything goes mm -hmm. until it came time for them to have to hear it for themselves about their kids. Then all of a sudden, if you remember that hearing, it became a little there, different. For there's them. a whole lot of um, let's let's put it let's put it straight out there. I am every parent's worst nightmare. And there are some people that will listen and understand and try to understand. And there are others that will say, oh, that would never happen to me. That will never happen with my kid. Um, and there are people that won't pay attention to the issue until it hits closer to home. Right. And so, yeah, there um, people start to feel really differently once they have young children, once their kids are approaching teenage years. Um, and you realize, and I believe this wholeheartedly, and this is my message when I'm working on age-appropriate design code for Maryland or for Kids Online Safety Act, is that you can be the best, most engaged parent right now. And because of the way social media is made, um, because of the algorithms that were secret up until just a few couple years ago when the Facebook whistleblower came forward, um, because nobody pays to use social media, they're monetizing kids. Sure. Um, and the way these push notifications go out, there are online harms that you can't protect your kid from as it stands right now. That's right. So. But. So we, you know, so you helped push and I remember you brought in other victims too. That was very mm -hmm. talented. I mean, you, you got in touch with other yeah. uh, families and came to a hearing and, uh, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in, in our committee room. Um, there, there were two separate issues that came up just before we were going to Annapolis, where through Grace's um, memorial page on Facebook, you know, I talked to people privately quite a bit, um, more so in the past than in the last year. But um, people saying, I need help, you know, where, and one was an actual kid. She hadn't told her mom yet, but they're 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds being hounded for nudes, and when they don't come through or when they report that they were asked for it. And they get abused. Incredible um, backflash of abuse right. that just should never happen. Right. And the schools, by and large, at that time anyway, were not taking appropriate action. I would argue they still aren't taking the type I, of action. I, tend, the laws on the I books. tend to agree with you there. You know, um, it's interesting, but the original Grace, that was one of the problems because if you didn't send the your message directly, the, that directly was, to the individual. That was why it was a loophole because she didn't, she, Twitter was seen as um, a conversation going on in a room that she wasn't invited into. That's right. And so for that, and that said, is You're fine. a total misunderstanding of how, how this works. Right. You that know? was, that was the, that was the flaw of the first bill. And look, you didn't right. know, you didn't have anything to right. go on. So right. it was getting the foot in the door right. is the reason we have the law that we have now. But that was the flaw is that if you, you could, and I remember, I will not say his name, but the attorney that came to argue against your your legislation the second time the second time yes, i know who you mean if you were, no, uh, i will but, not and I, at the, I, but at the end of the day came and said this is unconstitutional which it's now been determined not to be so he was mm -hmm. wrong on the law mm -hmm. which we we were we were well aware he was wrong on the law but he was also wrong on the on the policy and it, i thought the most telling thing at least my 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 recollection of that hearing is that my entire committee 
was taking shots at them. One right, like nobody wanted to be caught not asking a hard question at this guy. And he was doing terribly. I mean, from his very first words where he said that he could commiserate with you guys. Well, that was and I think an he outrage. even said that he he had experienced some some really severe bullying and he understood. He understood. He felt badly. Right. But um, I'm not sure, you know, it, bullying that happened when you and I were kids is not what's well, happening so now. My, so my jaded recollection of that is, that was one of the most ridiculous things I'd ever heard come out of somebody's yeah, you were mouth. Hot. I, I remember. was hot. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, you just taught, you just heard. I just watched. I just, watched. <laughs> just heard from multiple families who have yeah. lost children. And you apparently, I, my recollection, he was called some name when he was in elementary school. That was how Something, he said yeah. he could understand your situation. I thought that was top five most idiotic things I'd ever heard in 21 years in politics and there's a lot of idiotic things that get said in politics so and i remember looking over at huff and he was hot and castley was hot and i don't remember who I, everybody was hot when that guy said that mm -hmm. and so my committee i don't think any i think everybody asked a question <laughs> that was a good sign for me people were firing away at them mm -hmm. and then i took the last question do you remember how that all came down i don't i don't put up my computer screen and I said I was going to that I could reach 50,000 people with a push of a button and that I was going to put his picture and his daughter's picture up on my screen and I was going to say some of the horrible things on it that you had had to endure oh. with grace and I said if you tell me that this is okay I'm going to do it to you right now and we'll see you know we'll see how you like it we'll see if you actually think that that's okay and he said I, I remember he he said, well, I think he was stuttering. He said, well, you'd be a m m monster if, if you did that. I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all aware that this is not a nice thing to do. I just, you think yeah. it should be legal. So let's, do it, to, let's do it to you. The things that you said about one significant act, though, was That's part right. of the bill. Which that was is, the whole point of it. Which is important, too, because, you know, there. I think, um, you know, one of the people that we brought along um, was a family member of, a, you know, a, a young man out in California who you know, somebody took a compromising picture in a bathroom of Was that him. Texas? That No, that one was, no. Texas actually is, is David Molak, yeah. Right. And they've done wonderful things down in Texas. Um, this is out in California. And, you know, a photo in a bathroom with a false um, narrative of what was happening. Yeah. One click of a button, it goes out to everybody he knows. And... It just feels inescapable. Kids who are, he you know, himself. yeah, kids, kids, you know, not only are their brains not finished forming yet, but they cannot see behind, beyond the wall in front of them, right. around it or over it to a better day. And so, you know, a lot of what I do on Grace's page too is, you know, talk about mental health and what a sad mistake suicide is, um, you know, that is a permanent solution to something that will get better over time. But, you know, it's hard when you're a kid to see that. He, right. So the single significant act, just to make sure people understand, yes. is that because the idea was because you had no law, particularly before you started with Grace's Law, even from the, before the first, before the first one, you had nothing. Even after the first one, it had to be directed to them mm -hmm. and it had to be multiple times. You had to get mm -hmm. a warning and then you'd stop, yeah. you know, that so it's kind of like a harassment statute. Then we changed it. Uh, yeah. You and I changed it to 
saying one time you send it out to 50,000 people, that's enough. Yeah. Even if it wasn't directed at the individual, you meant to do harm. You sent it out to the wide, wide world. You're in trouble. Yeah. And you know, you actually came up with this amazing, I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing how it all came together, but the idea of doing something up front that before something gets so egregious that mm -hmm. it becomes criminal, that you can get yourself a pizza order or a protective yeah. order in Maryland right. and get in there and say, so a judge can. That still should be easier to do than it, than it sounds like. It should like. be much if easier you don't have, to do. You should be able to do that without a lawyer. You should just be able to get it, um, you know, or talk to a police officer or something. Um, I'm still, I would still like to be able to educate people better on how, um, you know, exactly what you can do and what is covered. And so that's, that's in my future, hopefully with you. Uh, I'll be there every step of the, every step of the way with awesome. you. Um, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Across the Aisle podcast with Senator Bobby Zirkin. Please head to part two for more of this episode. Thank you again for listening to Across the Aisle podcast with Senator Bobby Zirkin. Thank you.